the first human need is the need for certainty. That certainty is to make sure that we're going to have food, shelter, clothing, water, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But for a lot of people, all they want is that level of certainty. And if they get that, that's where they live. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. All right. Welcome, Trevor. How are you? I am blessed and grateful, Socket. Great to be here with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for making the time. Everyone, this is uh, Trevor McGregor, also known in the circles as Coach T. So if you hear me going flip-flop between the two names, it's because I've known Trevor for a while now, and I forget that which one would I want to call him as. So if I like him, I'll call him Coach T. So Coach T, well, thank you again for taking the time. I want to remind my audience about what this show is about. Our name is Migrate to Wealth. The keyword there is migrate, right? So, uh, Coach T, you know me very well. It's all about migration for me, change, and a lot of the intentional change. Kind of like where change will happen in life no matter what we do or don't do. We want to figure out a way to make that change intentional. We're going to be focusing a lot on migration stories from Coach T himself, his own journey. So, Coach T, with that, I'll open it up to you. What has been your migration story? And before you answer that, tell us a story that actually was life-altering for you. Well, thank you very much. And I've got several migration stories that I can share because life is a migration. When you think about it, we talk about the life cycle of anyone. You're born an infant, you move to toddler, you move to 10-year-old, you move to teenager, and those years can be crazy. And once you go beyond teenager, you become a young adult then a mature adult. And then, you know, we go on to our senior years. And then most people, well, all people socket, as you know, will expire. They'll move on to the next life. So I think that for anyone that's listening to this or any of your viewers, first off, thanks for having me on. And second of all, as you mentioned in the bio, I am a high performance, peak performance, master platinum coach. And I've coached thousands and thousands of people all over this beautiful blue planet And as a high performance coach and a real estate investor, because I'm also a real estate investor, I get to witness a lot of change. I get to witness a lot of people that are migrating, like you said, and I loved when you used the word intentionally. And then I find people that are migrating without intention. And that's why I do what I do to try to get people to take on the necessary mindset and strategy that they need to go from where they are to where they want to be. So before I get in my story, does that make sense? Oh, you know me. It resonates. Yeah. We, you and I can talk about it for several days and we still won't be done. That's um, right. We have done some great We have done. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly have. So to go back to your original question, again, born and raised in Vancouver, Canada. So I'm a Canadian. If you detect that in my voice, you'll hear a few aboots and all those things that uh, people like to make fun of. And growing up, all I ever wanted to be was an NHL hockey player. Because if you're a Canadian boy, I mean, my dad had my brother and I on skates at the age of like three or four, and all we wanted to do was play hockey. And I was pretty good, but socket, I just didn't have the size. I'm a fairly small guy. I had the speed, but I didn't have the size. So, you know, as I grew up, I traded in that dream to be a hockey player for a business person, went off to university, studied business, went to work for a wonderful hospitality company in my 20s. And what I thought would be a short stay there turned into a pretty long corporate career. I mean, I was literally involved in every decision from HR to finance to marketing. 
and we grew it to about $50 million a year. And, you know, when I was really approaching the age of 30, the owners of that company asked me to invest some money into the expansion plan. And I thought, wow, I'm 30, I'm married, I had two kids at the time, this is going to be my migration into wealth, right? Or so I thought. Yep. So I literally took all my 401k, I cashed in all of my savings, and I even convinced my own parents who loved me and believed in me to take out a second mortgage on the family home, a six-figure second mortgage. Wow. Sack it. I dumped all that money into this expansion plan to grow this company across five Canadian cities. We're in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Regina, and Saskatoon. And for the first year, things went really well until we found ourselves going way too fast. The economy had shifted in 2001, right around the time the planes hit the towers in New York. And we were going so fast and we were so in over our head that we couldn't hang on. And to make a long story short, I lost all of that money. All of it. No. Gone. Yes. And so there I was in my early 30s. <laughs> I was broke. I literally gained 25 pounds and became fat. And it caused a huge dust up in my marriage. So I don't know if you or the listener has ever been broke, carrying around too much weight or having a dust up in their marriage. I bet a lot of people have. Maybe not in one person, Trevor. Maybe, Maybe not in one person, yeah. but that's where I found myself. And so I had migrated from a pretty nice career up-leveling in my 20s to my 30s where, man, I hit the wall. And what does anyone do when they hit the wall? Well, you got to go seek guidance. And the only thing I could do is go out there and talk to other people. And socket, thank God for me, I found a coach. And this was the first part of my migration out of the valley I was in to start climbing back up the mountain. Because the coach said this to me, he goes, Trevor, you're still a young guy. You're multi-talented. You're married. You got two kids. We just got to find a way for you to get up, dust yourself off and keep on going. And I said, yeah, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I'm going to pay back these failed loans. And he said one thing to me that changed my life. He said, have you ever thought of investing in real estate? I said, real estate? I don't know anything about real estate. And he goes, well, you can use other people's money use that, buy a property, fix it up, either rent it or refinance it and just keep going. And so socket to make a long story short, my back was up against the wall. That's all I could do. And I went and bought one little townhouse and that was a good experience. And then I bought a condo and that was a good experience. And Vancouver was going through a tremendous appreciation at that time. And then I leveraged those two properties to buy my first duplex. And I don't wow. know about you, but I don't know. This is really where I discovered what cash flow was. And then I went on to buy another duplex and another one and then fourplexes and more fourplexes. And in literally just two and a half years, not only did I make enough money to pay off all of those failed loans, but I had a beautiful cash flowing real estate portfolio on the top of it. And that's really my first migration. And I'll take a pause here because that was a fire hose, but <laughs> I literally had all of that going on. And so that was a huge migration that will kind of speak to where I am today. Bakoshi, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Really appreciate that. So I think there's a lot of good nuggets in there. And there are a lot of micros. I call it micro, but they're not micro. Micro migration stories, right? So one of the two things that, uh, three things, actually maybe two things I got out of that seemed pretty similar to me was your skating career or your hockey career, right? Kind of like where you put a lot of time, you put a lot of effort into it, but you realize because of the cards that were dealt to you, in your case, you being the size you are, you may not be a successful NHL player, let it all be play professionally, right? 
And that was a huge shift. So I would love to understand a little bit more about that. But let's quick pause there. The second story why I feel relatable there is you've invested maybe not that much time, but a lot of energy into the investment that you had with the company, right? Where you were hanging your dreams on that, that this is your migration to wealth. And that somehow didn't function the way you were planning it to function. And that also changed the outcome and not in your favor again, right? So those two stories, how do you compare the two, right? Kind of like when you have to step back and think about them, was with the one step, were they similar emotionally? Or were you more emotionally mature with the second instant when then you were the first one? How are they relatable? Give us a little bit more insight. I love that question. And I think they're highly relatable and they're different in the same breath. Because when you think about it, one is a goal or a dream. So if you think about me wanting to be an NHL hockey player, I was here, the goal was over here, and I really wanted to go from where I was to where I wanted to be. So I held that dream. And that was a big deal for me. And I had other kids in our neighborhood that eventually did go on and play in the NHL. And they're fabulous, you know, NHL hockey players. I won't name any of them, but ultimately they literally found what they were supposed to go off and do. And I think that sometimes when we don't get what we want, it's the universe's way of showing us that there's something else meant for us. Like, I really do believe that. And the same thing in business. I mean, Sakin, I was dreaming of the cars, the bank accounts, the houses, the tropical locations. And I literally thought, man, I'm going to be rich. I'll probably be retired by the time I'm 40. Well, again, the universe has a sly sense of humor. And sometimes the goal's over there, but we're here and en route to it. You know what? We may not achieve the goal, but I have this belief that there is no failure. There's only feedback, right? There is no failure. There's only feedback. So whether it's my pursuit of an NHL career, my pursuit of retiring young and rich, again, even though I didn't like going through those at the time when we try to migrate from somewhere to somewhere else, hindsight what it is today, being 2020 and looking backwards, I know exactly why I did not achieve either of those because I went on to build a tremendous real estate portfolio. But even more than that is I literally got the coaching bug. I mean, people would come to me all the time and say, Trevor, you're buying these duplexes and fourplexes and single family homes, and then you get into apartments we want to do that. Can you show us what you're doing? And so I started to say, sure, buy me a beer, buy me a drink, and I'll sit down with you and your wife and show you what I'm doing. And I literally did that. And it was people like my son's soccer coach, you know, my other son's little league baseball coach that I saw literally working nine to five jobs and starting to migrate into becoming real estate investors. And literally within the first meeting, I'll never forget this, Colin is his name, Colin and Deanne, they went out and bought their first rental property. Within three months, they had two rental properties. And by the end of the year, they had three. And what I didn't really realize is I had set them up for a total transformation so that they didn't have to rely on their W-2 jobs for the rest of their life. And to this day, they now invest in a lot of apartment buildings in the US and a lot of the deals that I'm in. But that's when the coaching bug bit. And the story gets even better because it was around that time that I was working with my own coach from the Anthony Robbins group. His name was Dave. And he said, Trevor, you know what? You're so passionate about business. You're so passionate about real estate. You're so passionate about people. Tony Robbins is looking to expand his coaching division. Would you ever think of coming in and putting in a resume? And I thought, well, I don't have any formal coaching experience, but 
I believed in personal growth, just like you do. And I know your wife does and my wife does. And I literally threw my application into the pile. And I remember this socket that at that time, there were 500 applicants for the positions and only 20 spots. So get this 500 applicants. And I made the first short list from 500 down to 250, 250 down to 100, 100 down to 50. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm probably setting myself up for migration failure, but that was a bad mindset. And anyway, when you get to the top 50, you don't become a coach. You got to read all the books. You got to listen to all the audios. You got to go to all the Tony events at your own expense. And then and only then do they start handpicking who will get into the final selection process. And it was grueling. I mean, I had to travel around the world on my own dime. I had to read all this stuff. And this was all on top of my real estate and corporate career. And I literally, you know, when the dust settled, not only did I get offered a position, but they literally offered me a full-time position helping a lot of business owners, Fortune 500 executives, and a lot of real estate investors close that gap. And so I literally went to work full-time for the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Robbins, and stayed there for a half a decade. It was amazing. Well, I don't know many people that work for them directly. So I would love to, maybe another podcast episode of how is it working with Tony Robbins. But let's actually talk something that you mentioned, which is very, I think my audience would actually like that, which is about the journey into real estate, right? So uh, you mentioned you were coaching a lot of folks when you started your journey into real estate and you're also high performance coach today. I know for a lot of real estate investors as well. So what is that mindset that's keeping somebody from either being a real estate investor or preventing them from being a real estate investor? Can you give your insight as a coach, as somebody who's looking at things very objectively, non-emotionally attached to any of the outcomes? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think for most people, they want something like if you walk down any street in America and you ask someone, hey, would you like to be a real estate investor? 99% of people are going to say, I would love to, but right, or I'd love to, however, or they insert excuse here. And I think that's what separates people is sometimes they don't have what we call the four S's. And you know what these are, but for the listener, I'm going to share them again, because there's four words that all start with the letter S, as in Superman or Superwoman, that really, if you don't check the box on or you don't really think about, you're going to have a hard time from going from, say, W2 employee and part-time real estate investor, let alone full-time. We're just talking about dipping your toe into real estate. And that first S socket, as you know, is the word state, right? And your state refers to your focus. And most people are focused on why they can't buy a property. Mm -hmm. right? I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. My kids need me. I've got to get them to ballet and I got to get them to soccer and all those other things. And, you know, we both have kids. We know how busy we are as parents, but they allow their focus to be, here's why I can't do it instead of switching their focus to here's how I can do it. So state and focus is number one. The second big S word is your story, right? And your story is your identity. It's who you believe you are. And again, most people are a victim to circumstance instead of a victor on their way to victory, right? And again, their identity, they're not smart enough. They don't have all the bells and whistles. They don't know what to buy, where to buy it, all that stuff. We'll get to that in a minute. But they take on an identity that they're just not smart enough or they're even not worthy enough to go out there and be a real estate investor. That takes us to number three, which is a huge one for a lot of people, which is their standards, 
right? Mm-hmm. Your standards are the level you commit to play at. And I find a lot of people that play below the line are dabblers and they don't really commit to the level that I think you have as an investor or I have as an investor. They kind of are interested. And you know that old adage that there's only two types of people on the planet. You're either interested or you're committed. Mm-hmm. And if you're just interested, you'll do what's convenient. Yeah. But if you're committed, you'll do whatever it takes. So that's kind of where you got to check in with your standards. And then the fourth one is very simple. And I know you're an expert at <clears> this, and that is strategy. That is, how do I go from where I am to where I want to be? And it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's about getting with the right coaches and teachers mm-hmm. and mentors and masterminds and finding people and surrounding yourself with people that are already doing real estate the way you'd like to do it. So to recap, and then I'll throw it back to you is you got to check in with your state, which mm-hmm. is your focus, your story is your identity, your standards is the level you're going to commit to play at. And number four is your strategy. And those four things are what people need to migrate to and from and with to step into the next phase of their life. I love that, Coach T. It's kind of like, I'm hearing it. I know we've talked about it several times, but hearing it again, it's kind of interesting because as I reflect on my own journey of my migration story happened, major migration story happened, of course, multiple migration stories. But the one I reflect back on is on when I got laid off in 2016. And I was in a state of desperation, frustration, disgust, whatever negative emotions you can think of, I probably felt those, right? Along with being fearful. So I looked at, when I reflect back on that frame that you just shared, my state was not in the right mindset, right? I could not have done anything productive in that state. The second part was a story. The story I was telling myself was I'm a failure, Yep. right? That kind of like the second hit right there. Now that moment I shifted, so there was a switch that flipped in my mind. It took me about three months to flip that switch. But what was more about is I can cry about it, but it's not going to fix anything. So let's kind of shift our thinking about my state is I need to take control of it. It's I've cried enough and nothing has changed in the last three, four months. So let me try to shift the mindset, right? Then the story was I'm not the only one who's been laid off. There's several other people who have been laid off in the past and they're all okay. They've all figured it out. So the story, the state changed. And then the next step was really more about what are my standards? I am a high performer. I'm always going to perform either at the corporate level or non-corporate level. I want to be operating at the best of my abilities and my capabilities, right? So that shifted for me, like, I'm just going to go all in. And the last step was the most crucial, which is a strategy as in, where am I going to find the information to take control of it, right? To take control of my, my financials. So I actually love that framework. And if we take every single thing in life to that lens of framework, I think at least we'll have a way to take a pause. And instead of going down a negative spiral, we could take a pause. All it needs is a pause. It doesn't need anything else. In that pause, hopefully you'll come out of the negative spiral with much greater vengeance to essentially be successful. Yeah, I can't say enough about what you just said. In fact, how would you like to put an exclamation mark on it? And I share a high performance tool that can show anybody that's listening or anybody that's watching this how to do this faster than you ever thought possible. Would you like me to do that? I would love that. Let's do it. All right, let's do some high performance coaching. Because again, it's all about something that I call going back to the future right? Mm-hmm. And I think everybody here may remember, you know, Marty McFly and the, those great movies, of course, the future, right? Where he gets in the DeLorean and he goes way back here 
And then what he does back here affects this. So if I said to you, Socket, let's go back to a time in your life, anytime. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were a child. Maybe you were going through university. Maybe you were migrating to the USA. Maybe you were getting married. Maybe you were having children. There's a time in our lives where we were back here and we thought, gosh, I'll never get through high school. I'll never graduate oh, college. For sure. I'll never be able to raise kids. I'll never have enough money. Yet when you go back and you look at where you were back here, you really had to step into a different state, story, standard, and strategy to get to here. Right. 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 And whether that's in your career, in your finances, in your relationships, in your health, in your spirituality, whatever you've gone through back here, you can look back and say, you know what? I remember the day where I thought I wasn't going to get my driver's license. And fast forward to today, I bet everybody listening to this can drive. So now if we can go back here to get here, if we're literally looking to step into something in the familiar future, mm -hmm. right? We can literally take some of the stuff from way back here, bring it here to create here. And that's what Dr. Joe Dispenza calls going back to the past to step into the present to create a predictable future. What do you think? I love that. that. I actually love that. I think there's a one specific keyword for me, create a predictable future. There's so much positivity and strength in that specific thing, right? Because yeah. most of us, including me at some point, like, you know what, future is unpredictable. Who knows what's going to happen? Let's put our best foot forward. Yes, probably is. It is unpredictable. We all have influence. We have the power to shape it to the best extent we can. And the outcome may not be always be what we wanted, but you can at least make it more intentional. I love that. And in fact, one way to do that is to really remember that we are an ocean of emotion. We're emotional I love creatures. that. So if you were an ocean of emotion, what emotions did you have to step into over here to create this? Was it courage? Was it possibility? Mm -hmm. Was it optimism? Okay, congrats. Now let's bring that and step that into the future. Do you need more courage? Do you need more possibility? Do you need more optimism? Do you need more gamification? There's different things that we can do. And what I love about you and I, and when we have these conversations, it's often childlike. Like we get back to like we were four-year-old boys again, lifting up rocks and yeah. you know, really thinking we could be anything we, we want. Well, I think as we get older and society beats us down and then we got the government and we got the economic wind and we got the political wind and we got all these winds blowing on us. There's a great quote by Jim Rohn that says, it's not the winds of change that blow on us that determine where we'll end up. It's the set of the sail. And I just I love, love that. that. I'll say it again. I love that. It's not the winds of change that blow on us that will determine where we'll end up. It's the set of the sail. And who's responsible for setting your sale? Well, you're responsible for your sale. I'm responsible for my sale. The viewer, the listener is responsible for their sale. But how could you get fired up again? What emotions would you have to let go of? Because you're right. Nobody's got a crystal ball and the world's <laughs> far from perfect. But think about all the times you've migrated from some place to another. You've had to find a new belief or a possibility or even an ounce of gratitude for the opportunity. Because again, nothing is guaranteed. But what I'll tell you is guaranteed is if you don't change your state story strategy or standard, and you don't really step into courage, possibility, mm -hmm. playfulness, gamification, it's going to be harder for you to get from where you are to where you want to right. be. What right. do you think? I think that makes complete sense, Coach D. I think you mentioned that to me. If I can't remember where I read, you said it or not, I'll give you the credit that you told me about if you're not migrating, you're dying. 
That's right. That's right. Right. In fact, it's one of the six human needs, and I'm happy to get into that. If Let's talk about that, actually, Coach, to you, because that was very powerful for me when I got to know about them. Yeah. And let's give a shout out to the man, the myth, the legend again, my coach and mentor, Tony Robbins, because he teaches this and he's been doing his work on this beautiful blue marble for, gosh, 40 some years now. And he says that if you don't know what's driving you, right, how are you supposed to harness it to really migrate into the next chapter of your life? And so he refers to this as the six human needs, and they are universal socket. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, if you're from Canada, America, India, Australia, doesn't matter. Everyone's got them. And so let's kick it off with the first human need. And this is the one that we all really crave. And that is the need for certainty, right? Mm -hmm. That certainty is to make sure that we're going to have food, shelter, clothing, water, kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But for a lot of people, all they want is that level of certainty. And if they mm -hmm. get that, that's where they live is in certainty. Does that make sense? It does. I think yeah. certainty is kind of like the basic necessities of life, right? They Dingle need to be taken brother. care of. Yep. Absolutely. But God had a funny sense of humor. And so he or she created the polar opposite of that, which is need number two called uncertainty or variety, right? Because mm -hmm. if we had to eat the same foods, go to the same places all the time, watch the same movies again and again, and again, we'd get bored. Yep. So need number two is to fulfill that uncertainty or variety, go to different places. Like I know you and your life, wife love to travel or try different foods or work with different mastermind groups, invest in different cities. So you're meeting your need for certainty and mm -hmm. that second need of variety. Make sense? It does. I'll just take a quick pause. I think intuitively people think uncertainty and certainty are conflicting. Hmm. Well, they are a polar opposite, but remember, these are needs. But they can coexist as well, right? Your need for financial security and safety can appear from you, as you mentioned, investing in multiple asset classes. So your need for variety gets satisfied and your need for certainty is also met. Very good. That's where we cross-pollinate all of this. And your state, story, standards, and yeah. strategy will dictate how you see those things. So that's great. The third one is the need for significance right? That's to feel unique or important or special. Some people get it from being a parent. Some people get it from being an IT professional, a doctor, an attorney. Some people get it from the relationship with God. You know, we need to find a way to feel unique, important, or special. So that's really the third need. So to recap, we got certainty, uncertainty, and variety, and significance as the first three. What do you think? Love them. I think I'm looking for all three. Yeah. Well, we all are yeah. right? at different times and in different varieties, but right. we literally migrate through life through all six of these. So let's go to number four, five, and six, because socket number four is that need for connection and love, connection and love. They go together. We're human beings and we got to get up every day and feel that we're connecting with other humans mm -hmm. and we need to find love and give love or we feel empty. Right. And so I think as real estate investors, as you know, podcast folks, as people that are real proponents of, of personal growth and personal development, if you really think about it, we can find a lot of certainty, variety, significance, and connection in what we do. True or true? True. Very true. You bet. We call those the four primary needs, where the final two are called the needs of the spirit. Because mm -hmm. here's where we really got into this. The need number five that we all need is that need for growth right? The need for growth. I mean, I'll just ask you, if a plant isn't growing, ultimately what's happening to it? 
It's dying. It's dying. We don't want to yep. die. We don't even want to survive. It's guys like you and I that want to thrive. And that's what I want to give you a huge shout out for this podcast because you're helping other people see through a new lens, listen through some new headphones, feel with new fingertips, because I want everyone to really check in with where they are in terms of their growth, because that's true migration, isn't it? Yeah. I think my, as you were talking about, migration could happen two different ways. Ideally, you want the migration towards growth. Yeah. Well, you can migrate the other way too, but it's not as fun, right? Not as fun. And we'll come back to that in a minute, but let's cap it off with need number six. And this is something that I've really leaned into, and I know you have as well, which is contribution. 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 We got to get up every day and ask ourselves, how can we make this a better planet? How can I help my wife, my kids, my fellow real estate investors? How could a podcast or a YouTube channel help people to go out there and learn? For in the end, that's the only thing that's ever allowed humanity to go beyond where it is, is a lot of storytelling, a lot of possibility, dreams, um, creativity. And so when we think about the four primary needs of certainty, uncertainty, significance, and connection and love, combined with growth and contribution, here's the secret to life, that if you meet all six of those six human needs at the highest levels, you'll feel higher levels of fulfillment. Socket. And at the end of the day, that's what we're after. We're all here, what I say, to learn, to live, to laugh, to share, and to grow. And the only way you can do it is to find meaning in life. Remember that the secret to living is giving Mm -hmm. and to absolutely keep it on with your six human needs. What do you think, my man? I could listen to you the whole day. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk the entire time and there won't be enough time. But I think I want to just summarize for my audience, right? Kind of like we learned about two different frameworks today. And I'm pretty sure you got plenty more frameworks from where you come from. So we'll leave that for maybe a different session. But essentially, we talked about one big framework was around four S's. And to remind my listeners, it's your state your story, your standard, and your strategy, right? And let me ask this question, Coach T, is it in that specific order or could the order be reversed? Could be any order you put it in, depending upon what you're going through at the time, right? For people that are going through a tough time economically, or maybe they're having a challenge in their marriage, maybe they got a health challenge, maybe they've got parents that are aging. I mean, my parents are starting to get up there. I think dad's 75 and mom's 73 and they're at a different phase. I think that your state story, your standards and your strategy, you're going to be looking at all of those all day anyway, Mm -hmm. but try to put them in order of where you may need to shine the flashlight first. For some people, it's easily right away in their standards, right? They're not living up to the standard that they should be or could be. Mm -hmm. For other people, it's their story. You know, it's like you and I have talked at nauseum about this, that the strongest force inside anybody is the need to be consistent with how they define themselves. That's their story or identity. So again, I invite you, I invite the listener to take a look at all four of those S's and really check in as to which one you need to put first, the second, the third, and the fourth, and they might compete at micro levels. Like we're talking almost bumping up against each other, but they're all in play. Yeah, I think I love that. I've followed that framework for a while now, so I love that. I think the second one, and they're not mutually exclusive. I think they go hand in hand, which is about the six human needs, right? Certainty, uncertainty, your uh, significance, contribution and love, growth and contribution, right? So kind of like looking at that, so how do we all, find solace in conflicts, right? Kind of like, because most of these six human needs, 
if you pick any of the three, they're going to conflict with each other. Right. So uh, is there some needs that are, for the lack of better words, better than the others? It's a are there question. more empowering than limiting? Because as I look at it, the first three or four were individually focused, right? Kind of yep. like my, 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 all yep. first four. The other one is coming from a bigger purpose, bigger goal, bigger contribution. Is there a way for us, if we approach life from trying to figure our need for the last two, which was growth and contribution, and then look at the third, fourth, fifth, sixth need in that order of priority, would that help our listeners? You're really, really good at this. And I can tell you do a ton of this work because you're absolutely so close to the target, but we're going to hit the bullseye with this because it doesn't matter which human need you're trying to meet. You're either going to do it in one of these two ways. You're going to do it in a disempowering way, Mm -hmm. which is called a moving away from modality, or you're going to do it in a moving towards modality and empowering way. So you really got to check in with yourself because again, if you really think about it, there are ways to meet your goals in an empowered way and there are do the right thing at the right time for the mm-hmm. right reason. And then there are things that people will do to sabotage other people or gossip or call other people out. Maybe they're jealous. Maybe they weren't born with the same opportunities or whatever. So you got to be very careful and check in. Are you moving away from or are you moving towards? That's number one. Does that got make it. sense? It does. Number two, when I say that the secret to living is giving, you will feel the most absolutely alive, the most passion, the most possibility when you are leaning into your growth and you're giving it away to other people. You're contributing as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a parent, as a community person, as an individual in business, in real estate. Pick the vehicle. The vehicle is irrelevant. But ultimately, I'm telling you, if you can literally find a way to be empowered in your four primary needs and then literally unleash yourself in need number five, growth, in need number six, Mm -hmm. contribution, you will feel tremendous migration like you've never thought possible. Awesome. Well, with that, so I think let's, again, I think we and I can talk. Maybe we'll do a series (laughs) of podcasts at one point where we could do a multiple series. We can extract everything from that beautiful mind of yours. Um, So with that said, I think let's shift gears a little bit. Let's actually first let my audience know where can they find you, Trevor? What's the best place if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn about your work and maybe have a conversation with you? Where can they find you? Well, thank you very much. And again, yeah, it's simple. Just go to my website. It's trevormcgregor.com, trevormcgregor.com, or you'll find me on social media channels. Probably best to find me on LinkedIn. You will find me on Facebook, but um, probably my website and my LinkedIn profile is a great place to start. And then if you just Google me, I'm on a ton of real estate podcasts, business podcasts, personal growth podcasts. I'm usually doing some podcasts somewhere in the world at least once or twice a week. And you can tell I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. I'm not just here talking to the audience. I'm talking with the audience because as I've migrated through my ups and downs and all of the good and the bad, again, I really feel that, you know what, and there's a great quote from my favorite book, Think and Grow Rich, where Napoleon Hill has this quote. He says, Socket, that adversity brings with it the seed of equivalent advantage. I love that. Now, what does that mean? All adversity brings with it the seed of equivalent advantage. The layman's terms of that is all adversity or anything that we go through that we don't like also brings with it the seed of opportunity, Mm -hmm. that there's a blessing in disguise. There's something that you didn't know that you needed to have happen 
that is going to absolutely explode your results or catapult you into this next chapter of your life. So as people listen to my podcasts and listen to my stories and listen to me talk, because I love talking just like you do, I could talk all day, every day. They'll find that sometimes you learn more by failing or putting an L on the scoreboard. That's a loss than you do by always just winning or throwing W's at the scoreboard. And it's something I know you're a big believer in, and you've got a phenomenal story and a phenomenal background. But I think that we're very similar in our journey that we're here on purpose and with purpose to give this information to as many people who will hear it. I could not have said that better, Trevor. So I think it's more, it's, I think migration is the key. You're going to migrate. Do you want to enjoy the journey of migration or do you want to suffer it? I would want to invite you to migrate, to enjoy the journey. And the only way you can enjoy a journey is if you intentionally design that path of migration. That's it. It's not an easy path. It never is. But that does not mean it cannot be designed. Would you agree with that, Koshti? Well, I love that you said that. And again, I want to put an emphasis on it that gratitude is really the ultimate state of receiving everything. And if you're going to be grateful for all the good in your life, maybe now would be a good time to be grateful for all the things that aren't working out because that's ultimately where we build the muscle. It's where we feel the thrill of the challenge. And even though we don't like it at times, because Tony Robbins says we only like the surprises we like and want, but sometimes when we get the surprises we don't want, we forget that that's where we build tremendous I love muscle. That. I love that. that I think it's gratitude. It's the one thing I'm walking away from this show, not that there's multiple things to walk away is pay gratitude for your adversities, right? Because most of us don't, right? That's it. Looking back, we do. Yes. But not at the moment. It's really hard in the moment when things are going upside down. And again, it could be in any category of your life. But it's almost like if you look into the sky and you see a cloud, you can guarantee the sun is behind that cloud and there is a silver lining behind every cloud, right? And that's ultimately now where I've programmed myself that when I get into adversity, I don't react to it. I choose to respond, right? Because most people get triggered or most people have something economic happen to them or something in their relationship or their kid says something that is maybe not the best to say to the parent and the parent feels like a failure or whatever. Again, I go back to the fact that we're all human. We're only on this planet for a short amount of time and that there are so many lessons that the universe delivers to us that if you're just open-minded and you stop and you say, you know, what else could this mean? Or what am I making this mean? Mm -hmm. Or what else is possible from this place? I'm telling you, that's the jumping off point of migrating to the next phase of your life. Koshti, we'll ask one more question on that, then we'll shift gears. And you said something, I don't even think you realize what you said, you may have, is uh, react versus response. Yes. Dumb it down for the audience, for me and everyone else. Because if you look at just the word, English word, react and respond, a lot of individuals may confuse them to be the same words. Saket, there's something I've learned after doing over 30,000 coaching sessions. And that's an actual statistic. That's not me beating on my chest. That's why you can hear my voice is a little bit raspy at this stage because I love helping people. But what I love helping people do is to really see things as they are, but not worse than they are, right? See things as they are, but not worse than they are. That means that when things happen, most people are going to react there's a triggered response because we are creatures of habit. We immediately become a meaning-making machine, just like we make a meaning out of a something like somebody cutting you off in traffic. Maybe they didn't hit your car, 
but literally are so angry at them and you want to drive up and, you know, give them the finger or something when, you know what, what would have to happen for you to say, you know what, I didn't get hurt. The car's not dented. I'm just going to absolutely choose to respond by, you know, being grateful that we didn't get in an accident and get on with my life rather than stewing about it for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's sucking us dry of a joyful opportunity to get back to whatever we were doing before the car almost hit us. That, that happens in traffic. It happens in the grocery store. It happens in the neighborhood. It happens with our kids, our parents, our siblings. And so really the, the difference is, and I'll give you a really good thing that I use, and I borrowed this from Tony Robbins, who borrowed it from Jim Rohn, is when things happen to me, instead of reacting, I take a split second and I think or I say out loud, isn't that interesting, right? I love that. Isn't that interesting? And what happens is it's almost like a pattern interrupt to my brain, where instead of reacting, I now can choose to respond by saying, even though I don't like what just happened, where do I want to go from here? Mm -hmm. Or what's the next logical step? Or what could I find is the benefit to this? Or what's the grace in that moment? Because socket, there's grace all around us. And grace is just a term for understanding that the universe works in what's called polarity. You can't have good times without there being not so good times, just yeah. like you can't have day without white, night black without white, masculine energy without feminine energy. So again, I find an opportunity instead of being triggered to react, I say, isn't that interesting? And that allows me to choose how I want to respond. I love that. I think that is that question. I think if we can train our mind is essentially the pause that we're looking for, right? Because it's really, what is that called? Amygdala, right? Where yes. it powers you. And if you can just hijack your amygdala for a second, that's all it takes. Yeah. I think that's all the difference between reaction and responses. Yeah, I love that you said that. And you brought up two really good things there. You often say, I'll take a pause, right? And a pause is a moment to pause. It's a moment to reflect. That's number one. I love that, brother. Number two, the amygdala is this little thing in the back of your brain. It's about the size of a walnut. Mm -hmm. And it really is there. And the minute that you have fear or danger, it starts squirting juice out of your amygdala into your bloodstream to take it to every part of your body, right? Yep. Well, think of how much your amygdala has been opening the valves by you reacting all the time, time to choose to respond. And we can start to close that valve and not have all these juices flowing to every body part in an instant. It's just another way to say that this is biochemistry and a little bit of biohacking mixed mm -hmm. in with personal growth. What do you think? Love that, Coach T. Love that. Well, I want to respect for your time. So I do want to shift the gear. I have a few other things to ask you. So I think one was going to be, you shared a lot of good insights. Is there anything from your life experience that you think sharing with my audience is going to add additional value from beyond what you've already shared? Well, thank you again for having me on. I love who you are. Love what you do. We're like brothers from another mother and we're going to be lifelong friends forever. But, you know, for you, for me, for the listener, there's two questions I want you to ask yourself, regardless of where you are today. And the first question is, how hungry are you? I mean, how hungry are you for change? And are you willing to embrace whatever you need to do to migrate from where you are to where you want to be. And it's not about going from letter A to letter Z or Z. It's really about migrating from A to B, B to C, and then reflecting. Mm -hmm. And if you're liking the journey, 
you can go from C to D and D to E and E to F. So I would say, how hungry are you to really continue to keep on keeping on in that trajectory of your growth? That's number one. And number two, where's your passion? What would you need to do to not only stay hungry, but to unleash that passion, to learn, to laugh, to love, to share, to embrace uncertainty and step into it? Would you need to listen to more of this podcast? Would you need to read a book? Would you need to get into personal growth or a mastermind? I mean, there's always things that we can do to be at cause socket rather than the effect of waiting it for it to happen. So number one, let's check in with your level of hunger, people. And number two, let's really unleash that passion because brother, where there is passion, there is purpose. And where there's purpose, there's possibility. I love that. I love that. I mean, there's probably a different episode here, Trevor, as in how do people find their passion? But I think let's keep them hanging with that question for a while. (laughs) Sounds good. So with that note, so let's, we're coming towards the end of our episode here. And I really thank you for your time. Once again, as a reminder, you can find Trevor at trevormcgregor.com and on his LinkedIn profile, I'll be sure to include the description, to include these links in the short description there below. So you can find them there. But Trevor, as a last parting comment, What is your wish for the humanity to migrate towards? If people would listen to you, where if you were given a podium or platform to share your vision desire for the humanity to migrate, what would that be? Well, thank you. And it's a very important question as we navigate all of these uncertain times through pandemics and global warming and political unrest and all of the craziness that the wind blows on us. My number one wish for humanity, it would be to really remember we're all part of the same universe, right? And I want to share with the listener that if we break that word into two, universe, uni means one and verse means song. We're all singing from the same song sheet. We're all part of the same universe. We all have the same six human needs. So again, I think the best way to really, you know, serve humanity would be to really concentrate on needs number five and six, right? Growth and contribution, not only for yourself, but for your spouse, your kids, your community, your family, your investors, your coworkers, because I have this saying, Socket, and you've heard me say it before, that I have a belief that we are all better together. And Mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. I want to bring this community together, this country together, this continent together. And that's where you'll find my wife and I oftentimes doing podcasts or radio shows, television shows, standing on stages. We're off to Australia here next month to do more of our purpose and our life's work. And I'm telling you, like I said earlier, we're not here very long, maybe 85 years, 90 years, 100 years, if lucky. But I'm telling you, that's the secret to success is leaning into what I just said. Coach T, as always, you've inspired me again. I think I need my fix pretty soon here. So we'll get another show. I don't know about my listeners, you've added a lot of value to me. Thank you again. Thank you for being you. Thank you for adding value for what you and your wife do on a day-to-day basis. I really appreciate your time, Koshti. Well, thank you. And huge shout out to you and everyone else who's listening because the secret is to take some of this information and give it away. It's to really not hoard it, to be the custodian that shares it with other people so that everybody can use some of this to absolutely explode their future results. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Coach T. Appreciate it. You can find Coach T at trevormcgregor.com and his LinkedIn profile. If you didn't get a chance to write it, it'll be included in show notes below. Thank you again. Have a good day. All right. Have a good day. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step 
is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.